When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yesterday, I lost a bet, and like the Lannisters in Game of Thrones, dockages always pay their bet. A few years ago, I had to do a show naked. Today, I must twerk. My guys Ryan and Dylan said on the YouTube chat, if, if we get 200 likes, I will twerk. Well, we got about 400 likes, so here we go. I actually learned you're not going to be able to see my face, which is good, but I'm going to give you the full Monty, baby. I'm rolling up the pants here. These are 1985 Indiana starter practice shorts. I'm giving you the full Monty. And I studied. You spread your legs. There you go. It's not a diaper. And you spread your legs. You put your feet here. You kick your heels out. And you give it a little bit of this, baby. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah. There you go. I wish I could say that that's the most embarrassing thing I've ever done. But what do you think? I was going to go for like 10 minutes? What are you nuts? I'm tired. I'm an old man. I got to sit down. I got to, I got to take my Metamucil. I got to take my Advil. I got to take my stuff. Can we get a video of that? Can you re-show that? I didn't get a look at it. I was obviously working too hard. I'd like to see a little video of that real quick. If you guys could pull that up. Is that possible? All right, they're going to have it for you a little later. Uh, I don't know. Kind of liked it. You know, I might do one of those pole dancing classes now that I kind of liked it. Yeah, you can't unsee that. But, (laughs) oh, man. Yeah, and I gave you the full thing, too. These shorts that I'm wearing are from 1987, I think. I found them in a box. Lee and I were throwing stuff out. I'm like, hey, I like those shorts. Here's why. Because they're practice shorts with pockets in them. Who has practice shorts with pockets in them? Oh, man, that's what we got. All right. Can somebody explain to me this? Can somebody explain to me the affinity with adult men hitting each other in the package? Kicking? We got a lot of kicking going on in the NBA. We got kicking. Yesterday, yeah. Yeah, I can still wear them. That's right, VPM. I can still wear them, big boy. I ain't afraid. I ain't afraid. Yeah. How about some pain? I got a bad back. Lee and I actually did this. She got on YouTube and she showed me how to do it. You put your thumbs in, you spread your feet out like, you know, you put your feet down and you spread them out like that. Oh, Randall, you'd hit it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, you know, there's a whole lot of sexy right here. Uh, Exit only, by the way. That's just me. Hey, I'm not saying nothing wrong with anything else, but it's just me. Just me. So don't get all mad. Oh, man. We'll show it again and again and again throughout the day. We'll get them to cut it up. And we'll I put it in anytime you feel the show is lagging, please, which is most times on this show. Yeah, and go to subscribe. That's worth a subscription, is it not? That's worth a like, and that is worth a ring the damn bell. That's right. Oh, boy, twerking. I always see people twerking, and I always wonder what the hell they're doing. Dan is now going to be invited to perform at a children's library reading session. 
<laughs> Otter Creek. That's pretty good. That's really, really good. All right. Yesterday, James Harden. I've always said this about basketball. Tell me if you think I'm right. I don't care what level. I'm guarding you. I'm basically out here in my underwear exposed. You can do whatever you want to me. I'm in a stance. My head's up. My hands are down, up, up my, above my elbows. My butt's down. And I'm ready to go. And you can do whatever you want. You want to hit me in the face? Hit me in the face. You want to hit me in the package? Hit me in the package. James Harden yesterday clearly hit the defender in the package. I mean, I'm just telling you. He clearly did. And he got ejected. Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid went ahead uh, and did the Draymond Green, started kicking at a guy that clearly that that's what I did. But I don't remember that. Hell, I don't remember getting stepped over and then kicking a guy. You know what? I don't remember twerking. I don't. And Joel Embiid made a monster play late, like a ridiculously uh, unbelievable great block late when it looked like they were reeling. And, of course, well, you know what happened. You know the rest. 76ers won. But I don't get the whole kicking thing. This is the NBA mentality. This is NBA gone mild. This is, remember Girls Gone Wild? Remember those guys? I don't even know what happened to them. But Girls Gone Wild, this is AAU gone wild. We're kicking. What are we doing today, kids? Today, kids, we're going to kick. Yes, we are. We're going to kick. So Jacques Vaughn reacted to this. And Jacques Vaughn said, for a guy to intentionally kick someone in the area, none of us want to be kicked in or towards and for him to continue to play, I've never seen that. Let's listen to one of my favorite kids that I tried to recruit, Jacques Vaughn. Jacques, going off that first tech, what did you make of how that all ended with Nick getting the tech and Embiid staying in the game? I don't think I've ever seen that in my career before, Alex. For a guy to uh, intentionally kick someone uh, in an area that none of us want to be kicked at or towards and uh, uh, for him to continue to play. I've never seen that before. Um, in a game... And the guy continues to be able to play. Intentional. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I agree. I, I, I'm with you. I'm like, hey, I, I don't, I've never seen that. You start kicking at a guy and you just get to play? <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I honestly don't. I'm fascinated by the whole thing. I'm fascinated that we kick at people. We kick at them and we play. Uh, James Harden hit the dude in the package. I don't care what he said. I, I, he can say whatever. And Tim Legler was on TV today, and I know Bill Simmons, and everybody said the NBA got it wrong. They should have eliminated Joel Embiid from the game and kept James Harden from the game. I think you're crazy. You can't hit a guy in the packing. Now, you just can't. I'm sorry. And that's exactly what James Harden did. And he did it intentionally. We can't show you because of TV contract, but we can show you what James Harden said about hitting Royce O'Neal in the packy. Let's hear it. Unacceptable flagrant too. Like the first time I've been ejected, I'm not labeled as a dirty player. And I mean, I didn't hit him in a private area. Um, somebody draped on you like that defensively. It's just a natural bas basketball reaction. And I didn't, hit, I, don't, I didn't hit him enough, hard enough in the fall down like that. But for a flagrant two is unacceptable. Like this is a playoff game. We've seen around the league things that are much more worse than what, what that play was. Honestly I don't even think it was a foul on me, but um yeah, that's unacceptable. That, that can't happen. Did you get an explanation? I didn't get an explanation. But that, that's unacceptable. Did you even do you even Okay.
it's unacceptable. What's unacceptable is you hitting the guy in the balls. I mean, let's just call it what it is. I mean, the guy is defending you. He's sitting there basically naked. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, I understand you're going to dribble with your left hand or your right hand, but you don't, you don't give it one of these. And if you watch the video, that's all he does. And all these clowns on TV are telling me, well, you know, uh, he didn't do it like, of course he did. I mean, do yourself a favor. I wish we could show you the video, but do yourself a favor and watch it. And you're going to see a shot right to the package, right smack dab to the package of Royce O'Neal. And I got to tell you, and then when he said it didn't, he didn't think he hit him that hard. All right, guys. All right, guys, raise your hand. How hard do you need to be hit? Now, seriously, how hard do you need to be hit? You tell me, raise your hand out there, my YouTube chat guys. Uh, Do you need to be hit this hard or just a little bit to make you damn near puke? Well, I didn't even hit him that hard. I don't think it should be a, what? All you got to do is a little flick to the package will drop a grown-ass man. That's it. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm lying about that one. I am not lying about that one. Just a little, 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 little flick. Boy, you ain't wrong, Van Pastor, man. Jock Vaughn crushed my soul that night because I went out to Pasadena and recruited him, got chased by some gangbangers at one point. It's a whole nother story. But gone, man, oh, man. So we're kicking, we're poking, we're balling, we're doing all those things. But balling is actually what happened last night. Sixers ended up winning. It's the worst beat ever. Those of you that watched this show yesterday, you can say it with me. You can get mad at me, but we're up five the Nets under two minutes to go, and we're getting four and a half, and we get beat. Can't get an inbounds pass in. The Warriors, we told you that was going to happen. We told you that was the easy one in our parlay. But, hey, you got to at least say to me, Dan, I know. I know. I know. I know, Dan. I'm with you, Dan. Dan, you picked the right side. It was just a bad beat last night. Uh, Clippers and the Suns, look, why do you even bother with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? You know what they both have? Sprained right knees. Is that like code for we don't want to play? Is that what it is? Sprained right knee. At Indiana University, whenever you hear a soft tissue injury, that's code for we ain't telling you what what, what the injury is. We're just not going to tell you. But when it's a sprained right knee and it's the Clippers and it's both of these guys, you're like, all right, fellas, come on. Come on. What's going on here? What's really happening here? Don't at me about it. What's going down here? Because the truth of the matter is, and let's be honest about it, when you get Kawhi Leonard and you get Paul George, you're like, I don't know what to tell you. I do not know what to tell you. We're not going to play. We're just simply not going to play. You guys can play. We want you to play. We hope that you play, but we ain't playing. It ain't happening. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. We won't play. We don't feel like it. Man, how much money is being spent? I'll tell you, about 60 mil this year on those two guys. And you get into the playoffs and they're not playing. I would rather them play and get ejected than not play with a, quote, strained right knee. Are you out of your freaking mind? What the hell is a strained right knee? That's insanity to me. 
But hey, Steph Curry did Steph Curry things. I don't know if you saw the post-game press conference. I probably should have played it, but the kicking part is much better. But Steph Curry basically said, look, we put away all the noise. We put away all the sauce. Draymond's Draymond, great. We're going to play. And next thing you know, he goes out in a dominating performance and wins. Kayvon Looney was terrific. And the Warriors, if you ever want to know what is championship pedigree, you saw it last night in the Warriors. They're three and six, I believe, or three and seven without Green. But there was no chance they were losing that game last night. When I say none, I mean zero, zip, nada, none. Zero. Heart of a champion on display last night. But again, I go back to this. Let me ask you, we got a ton of people watching on Uh, on our Twitter. We got a ton of people watching on our YouTube. How hard do you have to hit a guy in the package to hurt him? The answer is not even a little bit hard, not even sort of, kind of, a little flick. And you drop a guy and yet Harden's, I didn't even think I hit him that hard. He gave it one of these. Can you imagine? I just want you to imagine something like I'm six, five, three million pounds. If you exposed your packy, and I gave you one of these, and it happened to hit you there, not even that hard. That, 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 just that. You'd be dropped. People say, and maybe he did fake. You know, maybe he did. I don't know. But you're an idiot if you're leading, and you're trying to hit a guy right where you don't ever try to hit a guy. And I don't get it. Look, MB tried to kick the guy, but at least he was provoked. The only provocation of Harden was what? Guy was in his grill. Guy was in his ass. Guy was all over him. Man, it was crazy, but it was good, and I'll continue to watch. But I got to tell you, if I'm a Clippers fan, y'all can kiss my backside. Seriously. Uh, Mike Kozlowski is going to join us. He's the Air Force coach. And I want to show you this video while I got a ton of you here. Let's play the video right now. Look at, watch this video of Mike Kozlowski in game. He is the Air Force baseball coach. More people should be like this. Let's play it. We don't fight wars on our home soil, so we played our first 24 games on the road. And these guys got to get battle tested because uh, at the end of the day, they're going to do a whole heck of a lot bigger things than playing baseball. Uh, these guys are going to go fight wars for us. We got to learn how to compete on the road. And our missions, once again, real simple, fly, fight, win. We didn't come out here to compete against Texas. Uh, we're going to come out here to beat Texas and win. Everything we do at the academy is so cool because of the fact that it's so much bigger than just coming to play baseball. You know, these kids are getting a great education. Uh, they're getting to go do things, and they're jumping on airplanes, flying gliders, doing survival training, sucking eyes out of rabbits' heads, punching people in the face, doing MMA, uh, and learning how to lead. And that's what our nation needs right now. We need leaders for our great country. And all these young men, and I know I stated this last year for everybody, but I want everyone to understand, these kids have raised their hands to die for us. Man, when he said that, I got chills right now. I do. I got, I, got, I got chills. When he said that, these guys have raised their hands to die for us. While we sit here and complain or do our deal on a daily basis, they've raised their hand to die for us. Coach Kozlowski and Cadet Doyle Gehring joins us. Thank you guys for that. Coach, I got to tell you, man. I know you were just speaking from the heart, right? You're, just, you're doing a baseball game. You're speaking from the heart. It's obviously great passion. But, man, did that resonate with so many people at a time that I feel like we need to hear more stuff like that. That shouldn't be in the background. Thank you for that, sir. 
Well, you got it, Dan. Um, I get a little fired up, uh, especially when we start talking about our country. I had the fortunate opportunity to serve and fight for our country for 20 years, uh, worn our nation's uniform, and I'll never take it off. And I want people to understand that. Uh, yes, I get the ability to be a baseball coach at the Air Force Academy, but more importantly, I just don't want to be a baseball coach. I want to be a life coach for all the young men and women here that are at Academy that are willing to wear our nation's uniform to serve, fight, and protect because uh, – Right now, we're in a dangerous situation. We don't know what's happening in regards to our world. And uh, I'm very proud of these 4,000 young men that, and women that are willing to wear their, our nation's uniform to once again serve, fight, and protect. Thank you for having us on, too. Oh, man, are you kidding me? When you said that last part, raise your hand to go die for us. Coach, I'm going to ask Doyle the same question. What, what does that mean to you? You guys are always the most humble dudes around. You're always the most humble guys. Well, to me, I mean, um, it's a pretty cool opportunity to be able to be here and serve our country, um, do something a little bit bigger than ourselves. Um, so when Coach Kaz says that, it's something that we've all agreed to do, and it's uh, something that's pretty special and unique about this this uh, institution. What's a, what's a day in the like for you, Dor? What A day in the life for you? What, what's a day of a cadet? Yes, sir. I mean, we get up uh, about 6, 6.15 each morning. Uh, we got morning formation in the mornings. Uh, Heading to breakfast, got class starting at 7.30 every morning. And um, for us, for me as a baseball player, we got class 7.30 to 11.30 every day. Um, we form up and we march into lunch. And then uh, following lunch, we have a military period, um, military meetings, uh, conduct whatever needs to be done during that. And then we uh, head down to the baseball field and we practice um, for the rest of the afternoon, um, get our lift in, and then uh, grab dinner, head back up, and uh, homework until, until it's uh, – so we had to bed, do it all again the next day. So when do you get to sit around, drink beers, and play video games? <laughs> Not a whole lot of that going on at the Air Force Academy. Coach, do you feel you served? Uh, do you feel an obligation? Um, and obviously you do. But I would like for you to express the feeling, the, the, the feeling of teaching more than just baseball. Uh, and, and at a time when I believe, and maybe you do, you, you're there every day, maybe you don't, but I believe patriotism and family and Christian values and all that is under attack. How big of a calling, I guess, do you have to be a part of making sure that at least your players, your environment understands patriotism and the value of family, et cetera? Uh, I will tell you this, Dan. Uh, for all the Americans out there, we're okay. You know, At least for these young men and women that are here, we're in good hands right now. Um, once again, this is so much bigger than a, being a baseball coach out here. I owe it to our country. Uh, once again, I have had the fortunate opportunity to serve for 20 years, and I want more for these young men to have an understanding that this is bigger than baseball, that at the end of the day, their job is to go serve and fight, and my job here is I take a boy, make him into a man, take a man, and make him into a warfighter. And that's a big deal. I mean, we need warriors, especially now, and uh, once again, that's the opportunity that these young men are getting. It's not just being a baseball player. It's not just getting an education. Uh, they're learning about true leadership that's going to uh, battle them and getting them battle ready and hardened when it really matters. And, you know, my job here, once again, is a warfighter. Uh, I want them to have the ability to go out and serve and fight. Uh, I want them to go fly fighter jets. I want them to do bad things to bad people. So we need that as a nation because our job here as a military, save lives take lives. 
And with that, uh, you know, it's really about delivering hope for our nation that these kids wearing our nation's uniform are there to do just that, deliver hope with a projected violence at the end of it, too. So I will tell you this. We have, hey, Dan, this young man right here, this kid's a buffalo. You know what buffalo what buffalo do when it when the storm's coming? You know, Tell me. they run into the storm. These are not cows. Right. These are buffaloes. So we are the darn sheep dogs to serve and protect our nation. And that's great because the 99% of Americans are sheep. They sit in the stands and they watch. They don't want to participate. They want to play Fortnite till three in the morning. These are the kids that step foot forward, stand up, put that hand up and go. You, you know, Cadet Gary, when did you know that you were a Buffalo? Um, I'm not sure. It's always been something, you know, that uh, um, I've always tried my best, work hard, be humble. And uh, I think coming to this institution has really just kind of uh, amplified those values in me. And I think Coach Kaz is a great leader and uh, really has been a help in all that and instilling that in all of us. You know, this always fascinates me. And, Coach, you were a pilot. It always fascinates me. Like, you, you, when you were giving your talk, are like, yeah, these guys are going to jump into planes, and they're going to go fly here, and they're going to go do this. And my thought is always, wait a second. There's a hell of a lot of preparation that goes into it before you, quote, jump into a plane and go fly here and go fly there, correct? Of course, uh- coaching background for you, Dan, as you understand it, it is all about the preparation to ensure these kids are ready to do the job that's going to be called upon. So just whether it's baseball, whether it's basketball, whether it's your academic work, it's all about the preparation. Uh, You train the way you're going to fight. Uh, General MacArthur once stated on the the fields of friendly strife or sowing the seeds that in other days and other fields will bear the fruits of victory. And that's what we're doing through sport out this way and through our whole curriculum of all the rigors that we put forth amongst the cadets here is ensure they are ready. And that's one thing that when they do graduate from here and walk across the stage, they're ready. And we had a great year last year. And people always say, you had a great year. I said, we have a great year every year. Our kids are ready. And that's what, that's the difference between our school and other average schools that are out there. You know, what's cool about this is it, 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 I, I, I mean, I, I don't ever feel bad saying it's about winning. Like when you guys, uh, uh, cadet, uh, when you go to war or you go to, it ain't about a participation trophy. It ain't about, hey, we, you got to win and you got to win, period. Yes, sir. I mean, the, uh, the mission of the U.S. Air Force, fly, fight, win. So um, at the end of the day, that's our job is, is to win. Coach, is it amazing in a certain way? that your speech, number one, resonated with so many, but number two, so many are afraid to speak out in the manner with which you did. Well, uh, today's society, as you know, there's a lot of issues that we're having, and I believe in our constitutional rights. I believe in our First Amendment. Uh, We do all have a voice. Uh, We are trying to be silenced along the way. Uh, We are lacking patriotism now in our nation. And people have to understand we need to keep America number one. And by doing that, uh, there's things that we have to get done. You know, I'm worried about our national security, our foreign policy, our open borders. I'm worried about crime with no punishment at the end of it. So there's a lot of things that are happening throughout our nation right now that 
we have maybe taken a step backwards where we need to be moving forward. And I want a voice to be able to platform it that say our nation's military, they're putting it on once again as the one percenters less than that are willing to sacrifice and all of our first responders, our police, our fire force, that they're truly representing service before self. And that is so important to our nation that we need it now, that service before self. But we have to take care of some of our own internal issues of our nation to be able to be our nation's number one power once again. I got to ask you this. I have a cousin that went to the academy and another one that went to West Point, And they're the most humble dudes ever. Like, I make a basket at Indiana, and I think I'm God's gift to basketball in life, right? These dudes are... These dudes are serving. What makes you guys so damn humble all the time? Um, I mean, it's 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 not our job to uh, to glorify what we do. Um, it's our job to you know get the job done and uh, do with our heads down. It's how we're trained to do it. It's what we're trained to do, and um, you know, do it humbly and move on. Not look for the glory in it. But, but it's the most amazing. I always say this: people like that I have met, my fr- I have a couple friends that are cancer patients, and they're the most humble. Yeah, this is just what I got to do. Air- military folks. All right, let's talk a little baseball uh, here. How's the team? Team's under 500 right now. You mentioned great year last year. Where are we at on the field? We're a little bit below 500 currently as an overall. Uh, we're Fourth place in the Mount West Conference. We're nine and nine. We got a big game today. Uh, we play a lot of away games, Dan, and I'm perfectly happy with that <laughs> because we don't fight wars on our home soil. And we talk about winning. America needs to be number one. We don't fight wars on our home soil. So with that, our kids have to learn how to fly, fight, win on the road. So uh, we spend a majority of our games on the road, which is just fine. And this is a life lesson that these kids hopefully will uh, learn as they continue to progress and propel them later on to be winners on the road. Uh, Doyle alluded to the fact we don't just go out to compete. We're out there to win. Coach, what, what, what is it different um, coaching at the academy, something you clearly love, something that is a part of you, not only what you're doing, but based on your experience, how different is it recruiting? How different is it coaching at an academy as opposed to, you know, in Indiana or, or, or some other place? Uh, I, it's really easy, actually, to coach in an academy. Uh, people are probably going, oh, you got to be kidding me. Uh, but these are the best of the best kids that we're looking for. These are our nation's elite that want more out of their lives, and they've never settled to be an average. Uh, we get straight-A kids that have unbelievable ACT, SAT scores. They've been raised with great morals, great values. And it's just a continuum here of what we're doing. Uh, today's sport, we're in crazy town right now with NIL, grad transfers, transfer portals. Uh, I have 18 to 22-year-old boys that we're making into men to make them into war fighters where we're playing against 23, 24 year olds that have six year medical red shirts, COVID. I mean, it is, it's crazy town. <laughs> what's happening in collegiate sports. And I love the idea. I got four years as taxpayers. We pay for these young men and women to go through this school. They get four years to graduate. We kick them out, go serve, go fight, go do great things for our nation. Hey Doyle, how much you make in NIL? What you can tell us, no one's watching. You can tell us. Not a penny. <laughs> Wait, you're not on a billboard downtown Colorado Springs. You're not doing a shoe deal. You don't have a what? 
<laughs> I will hey, tell you this, Dan. Uh, Go ahead. I, I will tell you that we, uh, the pro policy for Doyle, Doyle's being uh, definitely looked at. He's a junior. Um, he has the ability to play professional sport, and it's called deferment for all academies. So Doyle is definitely going to be looked at to be in a draft person, mainly most likely his senior year because you have to graduate from the academy, which is a great thing. Uh, but Doyle wants to serve. Doyle wants to fight, uh, but he does want the ability to have the ability to play pro sport to see how long he can do that and then serve his country. Um, we've gone away from that. That policy, that policy is no longer uh, – intact in uh so i know where it's being looked at so hopefully uh in the years to come we can get a pro policy back for all the kids that are going to come to the, any of the, any of our academies doyle when you're done and you get stationed somewhere is my understanding what will you be doing uh yes sir so i put in for for pilot and hopefully um we'll find out in this fall what job i'll get but uh my dream to go fly fighter jets somewhere <laughs> So it, it, right, here's a simple, ridiculous question, all right? So you watch Top Gun, right? You see Top Gun. You see Maverick. I assume you did. I assume, you know. Uh, give me your thoughts on that. I mean, personally, I, uh, I love those movies. Top Gun's one of my dad's favorite, favorite movies. So he, we always watched it together, and then watching Top Gun Maverick was awesome. So, I mean, those movies are awesome with uh, the, uh, the fighter jets in there. So I do enjoy those. Coach, coach, were you Tom Cruise? Is Tom Cruise actually playing who you were? Shoot, Dan, uh, this was way back when my first date with my wife was Top Gun 1, not Maverick. So it goes back a long way. I was a junior in high school, got to see Top Gun, and that really inspired me and motivated me that I want to do something bigger and better than just for myself to attend the academy and hopefully have an opportunity to fly jets later on down the road. And uh, that did happen. I'm definitely not, no Tom Cruise. Uh, I just was just a big old heavy pilot that got to go around the world a few times and do some cool crap, that's for sure. Coach, I'll tell you what, Tom Cruise is no you, but I got to follow up on that. So you're telling me that did you end up marrying your first date with your wife, right? Yes, sir. Okay, that's a hell of a date. Now, I want to break this down for you real quick. So you go on a first date, you end up marrying the woman, and you end up getting inspired, what you just said, to go be a pilot and serve your country. I got to tell you, Coach, in the history of first dates, that might be the all-time best first date long-term. That was a good day, I'll tell you. you know, I don't know where my marriage left ranks in that part, but, you know, that first date was pretty good for at least my career. But, um, hey, I love my wife. I, I got to say that, so I don't want to poke at her. But uh, we've been together a long time. Uh, she's gone through the thick and thin of being a military wife and being deployed, being gone, uh, missing anniversaries, birthdays, things of that nature. And that's uh, I tip my hat to all those out there that are willing to wear our nation's uniform because they do so much. And they miss out on so much, but they're doing it for a bigger calling and a higher reason to, to provide that security blanket to allow all of us to sleep well each night. And that's why my hat goes off to Cadet Gehring and to everyone else that wears our nation's uniform for what they'll do for us. Let, let me ask you, because, you, you know, we, you read, if you read stuff, you use tw Twitter or the news, you know, everybody's miserable. The military is, the morale's not great. At the academy, with the young guys like yourself, 
uh, Cadet Gehring. What, what is the what 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 is the mood? What what is the vibe? Yes, sir. I, I mean, I I honestly disagree. I mean, um, at the end of the day, we're all eighteen to twenty two year old kids, and we're here to serve our country. Um, we're here uh, getting a top tier education, and uh, um, for a lot of us, we get to play a Division One sport while we're here. So. Um, I think that everyone here um, really knows what they signed up to do and uh, is kind of humbled and honored by that fact. Do you have a social life? If so, what's it like? Do you go down the hill to, to you know, to Colorado Springs and all that? Um, we don't have a whole lot of free time, but uh, um, any time that we do, we just, you know, go out to eat and uh, just kind of hang out with our buddies. Not, not, not too much extra going on. That shows how smart you are with your coach sitting right next to you. (laughs) (laughs) Did you go? I took my son out there. They were recruiting him to play basketball. And we went to the prep school. We, 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 you know, the coach said, hey, look, maybe you go to prep school. So we did that. Did you go to the prep school or did you go right into the academy? No, sir. I came in straight to the academy at 17 years old. My parents signed me over to the U.S. Air Force. So, uh. I was fortunate enough to come here straight out of high school, and um, so it's a pretty pretty cool opportunity. No, it's a very cool opportunity, Coach. Good luck today. Who you got today? Who are you playing? We got the Lobos of New Mexico, and I just want to add for Cadet Gearing, he's the oldest of ten kids, uh, so he came in here uh, with a great amount of leadership capabilities since he's already been in charge of nine of his little siblings uh, at home. So. Uh, he's done great things for us as a junior. Not only is he uh, our, our starting pitcher for us, um, he's also in charge of a 1,000 kids, and he's also a military strategic studies major here. So he's doing a whole heck of a lot more than just going to school and playing baseball. Yeah. I, I got two questions based on that. Um, how old were you when you changed your first diaper? <laughs> I think probably before I could drive. That's for sure. I would imagine so. I mean, you got you got 10 kids running around. Uh, and the other thing is, and nobody's watching this, so you can say, uh, did you ever throw at a guy intentionally? <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> All right. I mean, there is an old adage, Coach, in baseball, one Adam and one over gets them every time. You know what I'm saying? So I just I just thought, <laughs> hey, screw New Mexico. <laughs> New Mexico sucks. Kick their ass. And I can't thank you guys enough for coming on, man. It's been a blast. Good luck the rest of the season. And, Coach, absolutely keep doing it, man. Every time they put a microphone in your hand, please keep doing it. I like to say, Dan, that we're America's team. And that's with the Naval Academy, uh, West Point, Coasties Merchant. These kids have signed up for something that's, once again, bigger than baseball. So we are America's team that are out there. They're truly representing the greatness of collegiate sports and just doing it for the fact that we are prepping these kids for war and, and battlefield. So thank you for having us. Man, and doing – oh, man, thank you for coming on. It's an honor that you guys would come on. Thank you guys so much. Good luck the rest of the year. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. How great are these guys, man? How great are those two guys? My God, Doyle Gehring. Uh, is a cadet, as they said, he's a first-round draft choice or going to be a draft choice. First round, probably. I don't know. Uh, And then, of course, uh, uh, Coach Kozlowski. All you got to do is watch the video. Let's play the video um, 
Let's play the video as we go to break right now of Coach, shall we? Can we do that? I mean, I know I'm putting stuff on you. Yeah, Jennifer, two handsome, strong, tough-ass men. We need more handsome, strong, tough-ass men in this freaking world. Yes, we do. We'll be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, man, what a great interview. Mike Kozlowski, fantastic. And Cadet Gehring, unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, you got a little bit of this action before. See the hands? See the hands? See the twerk? I like a Lannister. I pay my debts. Yesterday, Dylan, yesterday, Ryan said, hey, look, if we got 200 likes on the YouTube chat, and don't be afraid to go to the YouTube chat, if we got 200 likes on the YouTube chat, we, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and do what? We were going to twerk. Ah, there's a little belly there. Just a little bit of belly there. I don't need that action in my life. But yeah, I pulled the pants up for you too because I want you to see the goods. And by the way, there is no tramp stamp. None. Zero. Zip. Nada. No tramp stamp. Nothing on the rear end. Nothing like, you know, nah, I'm not even going to say. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say. All right, coming up at 10 o'clock, we got Trey Wallace. Uh, I don't get this. Hakeem Jeffries is a uh, uh, idiot. Uh, Hakeem Jeffries is a dude that has to speak. And he is saying that men in women's sports is an issue that doesn't really exist. It's just MAGA Republicans forcing the issue. Is that right? I mean, I don't know. If you worked your brains out, I just want you to think about this for a second. If you worked your brains out like Riley Gaines did, I mean, you worked and you sweated and you went after it and you did it and you did it and you did it and you did. And then all of a sudden you're racing against some dude that was a 600 ranked dude in the world. He switches over to be a chick, at least according to his face uh, hormones, but certainly not his package. And the dude is walking around with his crank out in the middle of the freaking locker room. I think you'd be a little upset when he beat you to win a women's prize. Let's hear from this guy, Hakeem Jeffries, clown. All right, it's loading right now. He's a congressman proudly serving the District of Columbia. And every time I turn my head, every time I see something, I see idiots. I see idiots in Congress. I don't care if they're black, white, Hispanic, I see complete idiots. And this guy is saying, hey, look, this is just a made-up deal. Really? It is? I mean, you can't see beyond your nose that this may be an issue? What's going to happen in the Olympics when, like, Yugoslavia, no, there's no Yugoslavia, when Serbia trots out five transgender men to play in the women's basketball tournament and they beat the USA by 172 and everybody gets all mad. You got to be able to think beyond your pee-pee. You do. You got to be able to think beyond your nose. You got to be able to think. Just think. Seriously. And by the way, 
a lot of you are saying to me, Dan, what a great interview. You're damn right it was. That was a great interview. As my buddy Kevin Custer just said, those two guys are what's good about our country, period. Period. Here's what's bad about our country. The division that idiot politicians put us in. This guy, Hakeem Jeffries, clown. What do you go ahead? And the extreme mega Republicans are trying to sensationalize an issue that doesn't really exist in the way that they are falsely portraying. He's talking about transgender women. We're not portraying anything. We're just showing you. There's a stage. A dude has first place. National champion. Women's. 400 IM. Leah Thomas. A dude with a crank is there. National champion. Second place. Riley Gaines. A young lady. Worked her whole life to get to Kentucky to make the Olympic trials, to get on the stage, to be first among women. And that's not an issue. Why does everything have to be divided? Ultra MAGA Republicans. I'm pushing this issue, and I ain't ultra MAGA nothing. I ain't ultra nothing. I'm just common sense. Dudes shouldn't play against women. And if you want to play against women, play against women. Excuse me. If you want to play... Play against dudes. Dudes, if you're transitioning to a woman, play as a dude. Women, if you're transitioning to a man, play as a woman. It ain't that hard. I'm the first guy that said, what's so hard about this bathroom stupidity? What are we talking about a bathroom? Just put men's and women's and you know what? Put a urinal, put a toilet, and away we go. Jeez, I'm telling you. That, right there, that guy is among the things, I'm going David Letterman on this one, is among the things wrong with our nation. Here's another one. You ready for this? Watch this. You'll like this. A Zoom call with an insane CEO. He canceled all of the employees' bonuses, but took four mil, four mil of his own for a bonus. She then tells employees to go find where the 26 million in losses went. Let's hear. Questions came through about how can we stay motivated if we're not gonna get a bonus? What can we do, what can we do? Some of them were nice and some of them were not so nice. So I'm gonna address this head on. The most important thing we can do right now is focus on the things that we can control. None of us could have predicted COVID, none of us could have predicted supply chain, none of us could have predicted bank failures, but what we can do is stay in front of our customers, provide the best customer service we can, get our orders out our door, treat each other well, be kind, be respectful, focus on the future because it will be bright. It's not good to be in a situation we're in today, but we're not gonna be here forever. It is going to get better. So lead, lead by example, treat people well, talk to them, be kind and get after it. Don't ask about what are we gonna do if you don't get a bonus? Get the damn $26 million. Spend your time and your effort thinking about the $26 million we need and not thinking about what you're going to do if we don't get a bonus. All right? Can I get some commitment for that? I would appreciate that. I had an old boss who said to me one time, you can visit Pity City, but you can't live there. So people, leave Pity City. Let's get it done. Thank you. Have a great day. 
Hey, lady, go after yourself. That's my response. Be kind. All that crap. Be kind. Be this. Be that. Be the. Oh, okay, really? Oh, be kind. Be. Why she takes four million dollars? She is the CEO of the company that lost twenty-six million dollars. That she is now telling people to go find. Explain that one to me, Spanky. You go find what I lost as, well, if the buck does stop there, which, of course, it didn't look like it does, but she talks in those nice voices. Be kind. Be respect. Shut up. Give me my damn bonus. It ain't that hot. Give me my damn bonus, lady. And why are you taking a $4 million bonus when everybody else isn't getting a bonus, you idiot? And go find it. And we talk in such night, nice, but you're not allowed because, well, there are certain groups that are protected, including women CEOs. My ass. If you're going to be a CEO and you're going to be a thief and you're going to be awful and you're going to be ridiculous, I'm coming for you, damn it. That's right. I'm not messing around here. <laughs> People are unbelievable. All you got to do is do that crap. Be kind. Be nice. And, and nobody really cares about that in truth particularly in business. I mean, people might care about it on the street once in a while, but the fact of the matter is nobody really cares about that crap. That's just a way to get through, just to get through a session. That's all you're doing. You're just getting through a session. Tyler Van Dyke is a bad quarterback, but he's a starting quarterback for the Miami Hurricanes. The U, the U, man, the U, the U. All right, so Tyler Van Dyke is returning to the U. And Tyler Van Dyke is smart. He's frustrated. Tyler Van Dyke is the quarterback of the football team. He's seeing the two little girls that take their clothes off all the time. He's seeing those two go make uh, millions playing on the women's basketball team for getting in a bikini. And the more clothes they take off, the more money they get. He's seeing a basketball player who got his team to the Final Four making a bunch of money, uh, the kid Peck. And he's like, wait a second, I'm the quarterback here. I'm the damn quarterback, and you all are not paying me? He was frustrated, apparently, by the money he was not getting in the NIL, so he did what a guy should do. He kind of leveraged Alabama. Alabama looking for a quarterback. Next thing I know, I don't know if I see Bryce Young there. Do you see Bryce Young? I don't see Bryce Young. So Alabama's looking for a quarterback, and guess what? Tyler decides, I'm going to put it out there that I'm looking at Alabama. Miami must have stepped up. Because now he is returning. Here's the headline. Tyler Van Dyke will return after speculation over frustration with current NIL deal and Bama's rumored involvement. There you go. How about that? So he's smart. All right? He's smart. Very smart. Use one against the other. Use your leverage. And let's go. Is he any good? I don't know. Everybody tells me that Miami is back. Everybody tells me Miami is really good. Fine. Fine. All right. How about this? I don't know if we have the video. Maybe we do. Maybe we don't. But there's a video of a kid in in wrestling that gets beat, gets up to shake hands, fakes a handshake, and knocks out another dude. Here it is. Watch this video. This is unbelievable. Watch the idiot in blue. I'm calling a lot of people idiots. Boom. Now, that guy, I don't care about a lifetime ban from wrestling. That guy should be in jail. He should be in two kinds of jails. 
he should be in the big jail, and then he should be in sports jail. But apparently UFC fighter Chanel Sonnens is against a lifetime ban. I would tell you as a coach, the worst thing that a young man should have is free time. Boy, I agree with that. You bring in people who have this inside them. You teach them a skill, send them home tired. It's extremely important. It's probably one of the reasons his parents got him enrolled and enlisted him in something like wrestling in the first place. You can't behave like this. Terrible action. Of course you need class. Of course you need some explanation. But to kick the kid out and have him just roaming the streets and doing something else, I think, should be the real consideration. Terrible moment. But it could also be a teachable moment. Yeah, it needs to be a teachable moment in jail. You know what? When we just had the coach of Air Force on, he mentioned something that is really a problem in our country. Punish meant less crime. We don't punish crimes anymore. We make excuses for crimes. What that guy did was 1,000% a crime. That is not the actions of a guy who just decided, hey, look, I am going to do this. Those are the actions of a criminal. Those are premeditated, and I'm not saying it's not emotional. Of course it is. But you fake the handshake, you knock a guy out, he needs to go to jail for a little bit. He doesn't need to just be forgiven and taught. That isn't a teachable moment. Maybe I'm a mean guy. Maybe I'm not the right guy to comment on this. But man, oh man, do we make excuses. You heard the, you heard the new mayor of Chicago talking about Well, don't demonize these kids that ran the streets, gunfire going off, damage to people's property, and we're not supposed to demonize them. No, we're not supposed to demonize them. We're supposed to arrest them. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to arrest them. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Should people be taught? Of course people should be taught. 1,000% people should be taught. That goes without saying. But jail is a good teacher for young kids sometimes. Maybe not all the time, but in that case, with that kid, he needs jail, and I don't give a damn. Uh, I agree with what this guy right here is saying. My father always said, uh, you ain't sitting around. And he's not wrong. You're not sitting around. I don't care. You're not doing it. But I'll tell you this. You can't let people see that you can just punish or, excuse me, punch someone on a mat and then go about your business uh, unpunished. Can't do it. No. And if I'm the family of this kid, man, I got maybe a problem. You know, one of the great things about the UFC, if you've ever watched, they beat the living you-know-what out of each other. Then after, they're always hugging. They're always hugging. And I like it. I like it a lot. Hey, did you see this? It wasn't that long ago that Madison Bumgarner was like the greatest pitcher in baseball. It wasn't too long ago that Madison Bumgarner would like start a world, I should go left-handed, start a World Series game, and then he would come back and pitch in relief as the Giants won the World Series. Madison Bumgarner was like this country kid that everybody loved. Now, Madison Bumgarner is going to be paid, listen to this, $34 million to go away. Man, it goes quick in sports. Whenever you think, whenever you think ever that you are on top of it, remember, remember, ladies and gentlemen, it goes quick. Isaiah Thomas famously said, always be nice to people on the way up because those are the same people you're going to see on the way down. And Madison Bumgarner, you think about this. They are willing to eat 
$4 million as opposed to have you, Madison Bumgarner, on your team, on their team. That's freaking amazing. That's unbelievable. That's incredible. So don't think you're all that, ladies and gentlemen. Don't think that everything you got going is all that because it goes quickly. And I mean really, really, really quickly. Uh, To recap the show, we started the show twerking. Can we show the twerk? Let's give the people what they want, Dylan and Ryan. Let's Let's give them what they want. I think we should. On our YouTube chat, oh boy, on our YouTube chat, there's a poll. What's enough? Oh, not the belly, not the flaps. Did you see the love handles there? Come on, Double D, hide those. See the Indiana shorts circa 1988. I just got a text. Coach Kaz, who was just on, said he went to Bobby Knight's basketball camp in 1982. I was a player, so I didn't really work. But here we go. See the hands up? I did it right. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. And then, to recap the show, and what a show, we put a question out to you. A lot of ball booming, tapping, hitting, smacking in the NBA. A lot of it. So the question, what's enough to take a guy out? Slight graze, sack tap, kick to the groin, testicles ground to splintery paste. A kick to the groin will take a guy out today, tomorrow, and the next day. My answer is the slightest graze. You walk by these things, you even look at them, they hurt. You even, oh. Hey, Trey Wallace is going to fill us in on all the comings and goings. Where's Bryce Young going? What's going on with the kid at Miami, the quarterback Van Dyke? And what's a day in the life of Shane Beamer? We got some football talk coming back. A slight graze. One time, true story, college, 1985, maybe 84 in the fall, my roommate, 7'2", Uwe Blob, at a party outside, smacked me, doubled me over. I tackled him onto my Chevette. I tackled him on my Chevette. We literally had a fist fight on my Chevette over him giving me a nasty tap to the satchel, and it hurt. Also, NBA news. Coach just got fired that I did not see coming when we come back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, right this moment, we are giving away, this is so awesome, I love this, right this moment, we are giving away 10 bikes, two kids in Indianapolis at Winchester Elementary School in downtown India, just south of the city. 10 bikes going away today. My wife and I, I'm waiting on the time, are going to be there at Indy Med High School to give away another 10 bikes through Dockage Cycles for the City. We are very enthused. We'll have some more information on that. Nick Nurse has been fired as the coach. Not going to lie, didn't really pay attention to the Raptors since uh, they won the title in 2019. Did not see that coming. I figure you win a title in Toronto, you're emeritus, like Joe Madden should have been with the Cubs. 
But Nick Nurse wins a title. He's out. Trey Wallace is in. I want to get to the first thing because I really like Shane Beamer. You spent time with the uh, with the South Carolina coach. He's apparently on fire recruiting. What's going on in South Carolina? Yeah, Dan, good morning, buddy. Hope you're well. That's awesome what you're doing for the kids in Indiana. Um, you know, with with Shane Beamer, it, 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 he seems to be finally, you know, putting it all together uh, when it comes to – you know, building a, a culture in South Carolina, you know, and you know how hard it is to come into a program and you're trying to, you know, to rearrange it and bring in your own guys and, and be able to, you know, put your stamp on what you're trying to do. And, and I, and I feel like Shane Beamer's doing that. And, and, and look, he's got some, uh, he's got some flaws, but I think, you know, he's, he's leaning on his staff and, Man, it's a it's a it's a family like atmosphere, you know. And 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 the biggest component I take away too is it is that he wants his assistants to have a life outside of football, you know, be able to go to kids' events and have them mentally, you know, in the game when it comes to the building and being around the program and and being one hundred percent. I I just I feel like you know uh, they're landing recruits that set that that I'm sorry that Clemson wants. And when you start doing that, when you start grabbing some Clemson recruits, you know you're doing something right, and, and you're taking folks away uh, from from the state of South Carolina. And I just, you know, I just felt like he's really down to earth guy, and, and it couldn't have been more apparent to me when we walked into a, you know, we 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 rolled up to a lower school where his kid goes, and and he's giving a speech. Uh, to nine-year-olds about leadership, and it's the it's the coolest and and funniest thing in the world watching him interact with these kids. But you know his his message was probably the same that he's you know telling recruits is you know if you want to succeed in life you got to put your head down you got to go forward and um, it was it was a very uh, open experience that I thought kind of portrayed Shane Beamer the the way that I thought he really was in person. What are your expectations at South Carolina right now? You know, at, at last year, the, the way last season ended, I, I don't think a lot of people are going to forget the way that they beat Tennessee up and then they beat Clemson, you know, and then played a close Gator Bowl against Notre Dame, Dan. I feel like expectations right now, I would say eight wins, nine wins next season, I think is, is something to build upon. I think South Carolina might be a program that, you know, always maybe flirt around 10 wins might be the limit. We'll see. Um, maybe doing the same way Ole Miss does with Lane Kiffin down in Oxford, but expectations wise, look, they're, they're excited. I mean, you got a, you got Spencer Rattler, Returning at quarterback, you you got an offense that has to replace a couple pieces and, and a defense, but I think they've done a good enough job uh, when it comes to recruiting and, and transfer portal and whatnot to, to fill those spots. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, it's always Georgia and the SEC East. Tennessee's trying to get back there, Florida as well. But don't sleep on South Carolina in the future. Maybe not next year, but in the future. Is what you're hearing about Bryce Young, is he the number one pick? Yeah, I, I think he's the number one pick. Uh, I, I was speaking with an NFL assistant coach last night uh, about that situation in the draft and how that's going to play out, and, and and they thought that Bryce was the guy uh, at one. And and then, you know what, it, it's kind of a crapshoot. You know, it all depends on what we're going to get. Uh, if, it, if it comes down to trades, 
uh, for that two spot or that three spot, you know, and, and, and will we see, you know, a, a number of quarterbacks come off the board in the first round? I, I think it, it, I think we'll definitely see three. Um, is there a good chance that we see four? Like it, it's crazy. You know, the, the Southeastern conference and, and not getting on a tangent about the Southeastern conference, but they might have the most quarterbacks ever drafted period from a conference standpoint. And it might happen in the first round, you know, when, when you, and I'm talking about, you know, overall first round, but you might have four, you know, there's a chance you got Bryce. There's a chance you've got Will Levis, obviously Anthony Richardson, and then if Hendon Hooker slips into the first round, that's four quarterbacks, you know, and, and let's not forget old Stetson who could potentially be drafted, you know, very late in the draft, but that could be five. It, it's an interesting equation when you put it all together with quarterbacks in this draft, because I only think there's maybe one right now that, that I think could lead a franchise at the moment. And that, I assume, is Bryce Young. Where are you with Will Levis and Anthony Richardson? Because, frankly, here in Indy, uh, we're thinking one or the other is coming to Indy. Where are you at with those two guys? I mean, I think, look, Will Levis, uh, <laughs> I, whenever the, the the draft analysts came out and, and all of them, you know, during the season, towards the end of the season, they're like, ah, this is a, this is a top 10 draft pick. I kind of just shook my head. I watched that young man play for two years straight. And there's, there's, yes, he's got a hell of an arm. Uh, he is built uh, like a, a Josh Allen, as everybody likes to say. Um, but there's more to it than that, man. You got to be able to lead. You got to be the the locker room leader. You got to be able to handle the offense that's just thrown against you. And he did a good job with Liam Cohen, uh, who went off and it, it was with the Rams for a season before coming back. Um, but I, I, I think just pure quarterback standpoint I, I think you probably go with Levis over Richardson Richardson is is a uh he, he is a talented quarterback who pretty much spent a year in college I mean I know he played a little bit in 21 but he spent a year in college and and he's going to be a project I think in my opinion he's not coming in he's not starting day one for somebody but I do think that he could be a two-year project and turn around and be somebody that's good. But as we sit here right now, I I, I I I would go Levis over Richardson, but it's just because the arguments that's out there right now when it comes to quarterbacks. I, I don't see Levis as a guy that can lead a, a an NFL team to a Super Bowl in well, five years, but that's where we're at. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you. You got the fourth pick. They're both available. Would you take either? I think try to take Will Anderson if I could <laughs> for Alabama. Right, uh, right, I, I right. Mean, somebody, here's the thing. Somebody's going to have to take that risk um, because it's it's like okay, we're leaving two quarterbacks with this much potential out there. Somebody's going to take the risk. Uh, in the first 10 picks, and and you're going to see Bryce and Will Levis potentially and Anthony Richardson off the board. I, You know, it, it, if you're looking for a quick fix, which it feels like Indy's doing right now, they need a quarterback to come in there and, and kind of run that program and uh, that, that organization. I mean, if you want to throw your cards in on um, Will Levis, have at it. I'm just – 
talked to a bunch of people about this and and that feels more like a project as well where he's going to have to learn to handle certain things outside of the huddle before he's going to become a straight up leader for an organization so you know not not downgrading him in any sense and anything like that but that's a it's a gamble but somebody's going to be desperate enough and that might be the Indianapolis Colts yeah, you know, people are immediately saying, well, Levis can start immediately and Richardson's going to take two years. I'm with you. Like, I don't know why Levis is all of a sudden the guy that can start immediately because, okay, he's got a little more experience in college. I get all that. But, man, if you don't love him, don't take him. All right, Alabama, yeah. I guess, needs a quarterback. The Van Dyke kid at Miami – apparently was shopping, being shopped around by his agent to see if he can get a better deal at Alabama. Van Dyke ends up staying as the quarterback at Miami. Smart by Van Dyke. Does this thing, is this thing real? Where is your take on it? You know what? I mean, Dan did two people down in the Miami area, according to their sources, said they believed that Alabama was quietly shopping around for Van Dyke. And, and it involves these collectives, these NIL collectives. Um, first off, Nick Saban, uh, he controls everything in Alabama, and that man is not going to let a collective go off the rails and do something he doesn't want done. Now, if they actually reached out to Van Dyke through back channels and through an agent, I don't know. It is what it is. I, I, I couldn't tell you 100% right now, but I will say – that this this Van Dyke kid used this situation to his advantage. Okay, there's a what happens? A report comes out that says Alabama and other major programs are reaching out about Van Dyke. Also in that report, it says, "Oh wait a minute, he's also not happy with his NIL arrangement. He wants more money." Okay, seven hours later, eight hours later, what happens? The University of Miami football account puts out a tweet saying that this kid, Van Dyke, is 100% Kane. Okay, it worked. They dropped the bag. He got his NIL money. And the way that he did that was by throwing Alabama's name out there. It's a smart ploy by Drew Rosenhaus. And we all know about Drew Rosenhaus. But for them to put that out there, it put Van Dyke kind of up a pedal a little bit so the school had to come up, or John Ruiz had to come up with more money for the kid. So it just, it, it's one of those things where you play the system that's out there right now. You can't blame them. There's no rules around damn NIL right now. So he did it. He got his money. He's staying in Miami. And now Alabama, who really needs a veteran, they need a veteran arm and, and, and a veteran mind in that quarterback room right now. You pretty much got two two redshirt freshmen uh, sitting in that room right now. And and having to make a decision between Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson, you know, we're not going to know a starting quarterback coming out of Saturday spring game, Dan. Um, but this would probably be the first year in a while that I can think of that Alabama's going to roll into fall camp and maybe not know who their starting quarterback is, at least not publicly. So in my mind, go out and get a veteran quarterback if you can, and maybe they tried with Van Dyke and uh, it backfired. We'll never know. Well, let me let me ask you because the SEC is more of a destination, obviously, than a stepping stone. 
How active have the Georgias, the Alabamas, uh, I'll just take those two. How active have those two been in bringing in players from other teams in the portal? Have they been active in this? You know, that's a good question. I mean, I go back to last year. Um, you know, Alabama added – what did they – Alabama needed a running back last year. There maybe like two or three spots that they thought that they, they, they really needed a veteran. So who'd they get? Jameer Gibbs, who was outstanding for Alabama last season. He's going to be drafted. A good overall running back. He made plays. So what I'm getting at here, you even look at Georgia. Like – you're not seeing six to seven transfers going to Georgia because all they've done is take that talent that's come on the campus as an 18-year-old kid and turn them into ballers. So it's not like they need to go out and get somebody from the portal. Now it comes things might get tricky every now and then, Dan, where they lose some players maybe they didn't think that would go to the draft, like as a junior, and they were expecting them back. Okay, we got to go make something real quick and go grab somebody. I just feel like, you know, Alabama and Georgia right now are kind of a step ahead when it comes to this, and they can rely on the talent that's on the roster right now not having to go out. But every every year I would probably say that I think, you know, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but maybe like, you know, three, three or four players that they would, would go out and add, you know, during the, the late portal period. I want to go back to the draft real quick, and I want to go back to Levis, okay? Here's, yeah. I meant to ask you this earlier. Here's how I grade drafts, whether it's NBA or uh, the NFL. Are you really happy that you got the guy? Like, you know, Urban was on the show, and he's like, look, my opinion, if you're going to get a guy fourth, he better be a complete difference maker. You mentioned Will Anderson. So let's talk Will Anderson. Let's talk Jalen Carter. Um, where are these two? Are these viable? Certainly, or particularly Anderson, I guess, at number four or early in the top ten, let's say, both of these? I think Will Anderson's definitely a top ten pick. Uh, he is going to be yeah. a monster for somebody's defense, Dan, uh, he is a freak. When he comes off the edge, his attack awareness of the quarterback or the running game, man, he is next level. Watching that kid play for three years at Alabama, he is something else. I, I will say about Jalen Carter, he is a monster on the inside, and he will disrupt a lot of NFL teams uh, once he gets into an, uh, a system when it comes to their pass rush when it comes to stopping the run game, he's going to be a monster. And and I look, I, I know the circumstances around Jalen Carter. I factor that in and I get that of what happened at Georgia uh, during his, you know, technically he wasn't a student anymore, but, but I understand what happened to Georgia. And I, and I look, if they're under the impression and they're not taking meetings outside of the top 10, then they've gotten word that that somebody's going to take them late in that top 10, 7 through 10, somewhere along those range. Both of them are monsters, but I'm going Will Anderson. Like, if you want a defensive stud and you want the best player on the board, if you, if you want the best player on the board, period, you take Will Anderson at one because that kid is that good. But I get that teams need quarterbacks and whatnot, and the quarterbacks are sexy, that builds the future. Defense is not as sexy. Um, so, look, I, I, I think the kid is, is going to be drafted pretty high. And uh, for Jalen Carter, uh, we're going to find out. 
we're going to see how much these teams take the off the field incidents into account. And uh, if he slips out of the top 10, boy, oh boy, that's a lot of money uh, that, that went down the drain, unfortunately. If, if you ended the season, all right, with the national championship and yep. the draft was the next day, all right, and everybody had to do it based on film, knowing what you knew throughout the season, throughout his years at Georgia, where would Jalen Carter have been drafted two days right after the season was? Where would he have been drafted? Number two. Number two. I think, I think if you weren't going yeah. after a quarterback at the two spot, the, like, and here's the problem too. Like, you know, you know, NFL teams know where they stand at quarterback, you know, late in the season and what they're trying to do towards the future. But if you're just asking me straight up, like just a two players that would come off the board uh, uh, immediately following the college football season, to me, it would be Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. I, I, I just feel that strongly about it, but you know, when you factor in the offensive side of it, I get that part. Um, all the talk was Will Levis and Bryce Young, you know, for for most of the football season uh, from draft analysts. And, and, you know, there was a lot of talk, you know, in Indianapolis about which way to go. But if we're just, you know, straight up freak athleticism, you know, I go with those two. And, 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 and maybe, you know, I, I do think that they're going to be two out of the top ten. I, I, I don't think Jalen Carter is going to fall out. But just off tape, Man, just two guys that are disruptive. Um, so that's why I'm very intrigued to see what certain teams do, maybe between six and ten in the NFL draft. That that's what stands out to me the most. It's you know, I, I know the quarterback situation. Um, but if Levis doesn't go before 10, he could fall a little bit, and that could be a problem for him. So it's gonna be very intriguing next week just because I think we're starting to feel out the first pick. And that usually happens, Dan. Like we feel the first pick usually gets feels out about a week before, two weeks before. But now two through ten, that's where it gets interesting, where in years past, you know, it might have been a little bit different. I agree. Last thing, you mentioned Hendon Hooker earlier. Where do you see him? Where, what Could he move to fourth? He is a quarterback to me that – Look, his 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 recovery from ACL surgery uh, has gone spectacular uh, in in talking with folks around his rehab. Uh, that guy is going to be ready to go for NFL training camp. Um, I I feel like Hendon Hooker is a complete quarterback in a sense of mentally he's all there when it comes to a playbook and how to break it down. Two, he is a leader. Um, look what he did at Tennessee over the past two seasons. You can't deny that. Three, he's got the arm strength. And four, he's able to get outside the pocket and gain you 20 yards on a first down. I just, you know, I, I feel like Hendon Hooker, um, a lot of people will try to go off and say, okay, we don't know if he's NFL ready offensively because of what he ran with Josh Heupel. But if people knew how many checkdowns, reads, kills he had to make at the line of scrimmage, you know, before that kid went out there and actually threw a pass on the down, maybe they would change their opinion a little bit. I, I you know, uh, Hendon Hooker to me is a, I think he's a, a late first round pick as somebody will pick him up as a two year project, uh, getting back with his knee 100%, learning the playbook, all that type of stuff. 
but if he doesn't go in the first round, he will definitely go early in the second round, and, and somebody will get a steal. All right, I want you to grade this, if you don't mind, okay? I, okay. I would like for you to take a watch and no. give us your grade. Dylan, you got it? Let's play it for Trey. Oh, dear Lord. Oh, not the belly. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Oh, well, oh, something's here we go. Little here. Indiana shorts from the 80s. Shorts from the 80s. I wanted everybody to see the goods. I rolled them up. Looks, looks like you were too Turn short. Turn it around. Oh, boy. Yeah. What? Yeah. Turn it around. Oh, look at the look at the look at the pinkies. The pinkies are out like you're oh, supposed to be. Oh wow, dude. Yeah. What are you sipping? Yeah. British tea while you're turking, baby? What is that? Goodness gracious. Yeah. Look at the Yeah. What are you is this point break while you're twerking? I love it. <laughs> what do you give? What give me the grade? Uh uh I, A is good, I, F is bad. What are you giving? Look, me? You, you didn't give me much bend. Okay, you didn't kind of get it down to the floor, as they would say. Um, so I'm probably going to give you a C for your twerk. Okay. But overall, doing that live nationally, man, I, I'll give you a B plus and A for the fortitude and, and you know, the excitement level you brought. But, brother, you got to get down low, low, low with them knees, man. That's where you get the twerking at. I know the, the 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 stage here. My stage is about this wide. You know what I mean? I mean, if I'd have spread out any more, I'd have thrown out a back and uh, <laughs> probably broke a desk or something just with you know. But brother, hey, I haven't, I'll take having to explain that workman's comp. Uh, that would not go over well, brother. <laughs> right, right. Hey, I was twerking. It was too close. I fell over. There's no dignity in falling over on videos. There's none. There's zero. Uh, have a great weekend, Trey. Thank you. Brother, thank you so much for having me. Again, congratulations on all the uh, the work you're doing up in Indiana with the kids. I think that's fantastic and spectacular. Thanks. And uh, we'll talk soon, brother. Thank you, my friend. That's Trey Wallace. Follow him at Trey Wallace. And uh, he's got his podcast going where he gets the best in all sports to come on. And, uh, hey, right now we just gave away 10 or 15. There's a bike shortage. Did you know this? There is literally a bike shortage uh, across the country. Dix is even having trouble getting bikes. So what we normally do is we get a bunch of money, and we had a great concert for the cause. My friend Bruce Kidd got out and did it. And... We then go get bikes, helmets, and locks. And through the Indiana Sports Corp, we go ahead and give away bikes. Well, there's a bike shortage. And Dix is having even problems getting bikes. So, uh, Dan, I will not bring you know you like it, Jen. Don't lie to me, Jen. You know, take away a little bit of the belly, a little bit of the flaps. But that twerking was not awful. In fact, I'm going on a diet. I do. I got old man's butt. Uh, there's a lot of back fat there. I'm not going to lie. My brother uh, this weekend in Vegas sent a video of me swinging a golf club, and the first thing I saw was back fat. I'm like, oh, man, nobody needs back fat. Uh, kick won't fire, Dan, will they? I hope not. Uh, I hope I can stay around even though, you know, I, should, I would consider that a suggestive a suggestive tweet. You understand? Or twerk. Like, that was so good, you could say that it was sexual, people. It was dirty. It was filthy. I went ahead and got 
filthy with you guys on the show. That's how good that was. That's how enticing that was. That's how intriguing that whole deal was. It was sexual in nature. Yeah. Uh, Sean Black says, Dan, that video of you twerking needs to be burned. Who am I to argue with that? Hey, the NBA decided yesterday we're going to kick people, we're going to smack them in the package, and we're only going to eject the one guy Harden for smacking in the package. It's going to be interesting to see what happens now. What happens now, do they downgrade the ejection like a lot of people are calling for? I don't. I don't downgrade that ejection. Hell no. Uh, He gave him this in the packy. That was intentional. And when you give him this in the packy to an exposed defender, you got to be ejected. They did the kick-in. Embiid's kick-in was really no different than Draymond Green's kick-in. Now, maybe you say Draymond Green's been involved in too many of these. We've had enough. Draymond Green went and acted like an idiot after uh, kicking. Okay, I get that. I'm not mad that they didn't eject Embiid. I'll go with that. Uh, Somebody made that point, and I'm in there. I'm okay with that. All right? Yeah, I'm all right. Uh, Mike Hyde says, I'm secure in my manhood, Dan. So are you. Keep it up. You're damn right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Dan, I'd like to see you on stage dancing to 90s rock songs like Clay did. No. Here's the deal. When I go to weddings, I am not allowed to cross the dance floor line. I have to stay off of the dance floor. I am a great, not a good, a great slow dancer. I'll spin you, I'll dip you, I'll make sure the head is protected, I'll give you all this and all that, but when it comes to the, I immediately go to the white guy overbite, I immediately embarrass myself on the dance floor, and I immediately know that I look stupid, but so do you. Gyrating like a clown on a dance floor is no way to go through life. None. Zero. Yes, somebody needs to teach me to dance. Lee tries. We try to keep it in tight. All right, when we come back, I got some video. You're going to like this. A volleyball player named Peyton McNabb is suing, or actually she testified in front of Congress after getting her face bashed in by a volleyball player that wasn't supposed to be a girl but wasn't, and Dabo Sweeney doing things that I don't particularly think he should do. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. All right, there's a volleyball player. Her name is Peyton McNabb. She's a young lady. She's playing women's volleyball. She played against a transgender male. Let me show you a video here of what happened. Hi, uh, my name is Peyton McNabb. I'm a senior at Hawassi Dam High School in Murphy, North Carolina. Um, Due to the North Carolina High School Athletic Association policy allowing biological males to compete against biological females, my life has forever been changed. On September 1st, 2022, I was severely injured in a high school volleyball game by a transgender athlete on the opposing team. I suffered from a concussion and neck injury that to this day I'm still recovering from. 
Other injuries I still suffer from today include impaired vision, partial paralysis on my right side, constant headaches, as well as anxiety and depression. I was unable to play the rest of my last volleyball season, and although I am currently playing softball, I am not able to perform as well as I know I have in the past because of the injury. My ability to learn, retain, comprehend has also been impaired, and I require accommodations at school for testing because of this. I could go on and on about how this incident has affected my life, but I'm not here for that, because I'm not here for me. Because for me, I know that my time playing is coming to an end. I'm here for every biological female athlete behind me. My little sister, my cousins, my teammates. Allowing biological males to compete against biological females is dangerous. I may be the first to come before you with an injury, but if this doesn't pass, I won't be the last. The North Carolina High School Athletic Association policy states that it allows participation in interscholastic athletics for all students, regardless of gender or gender identification. It is the intent that all students are able to compete on a level playing field in a safe, competitive, and friendly environment, free of discrimination. Clearly, that does not include biological female athletes. My ability to compete was taken from me. Having to play against biological males is not a level, a level playing field and is most definitely not. Yeah, you know, you're sitting there and you say, all right, everybody should have an opportunity, but it is dangerous. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, this young lady got smacked right in the face. We'll have the video for you in a second here, but she got smacked right in the face by somebody that, frankly, should be playing with the guys. I'll never understand this. If you're a dude and you're transitioning, play with the dudes. If you're a girl and you're transitioning to a guy, play with the girls. Whatever your biological deal is, play with that particular sport. Uh, can you please tell me where that doesn't make sense? I mean, I'll hang up and listen. I promise you I will. Let me know, Dylan, when we have the video up. But, I mean, she got banged right in the face, and you're not really going to believe the video when you see it. I mean, she got whapped. I mean, big whapped. And, frankly, um, I don't understand how this isn't a bigger deal. I don't understand how we're sitting here going, well, you know, it's okay. Biological females are winning national championships. Biological females are getting... Uh, or excuse me, biological females are losing national championships. Biological females are getting hit in the face uh, with volleyballs by biological males, biological females. Let's show the video. I'll show you what happened here. Watch this. That's a dude. That's a dude that hit that girl in the face. Now, you can make whatever comments you want about the girl. That's fine. That's up to you. But that's a dude playing high school girls volleyball against high school girls. And that's a pretty athletic dude playing high school girls volleyball against high school girls. Now, make whatever joke, say whatever you want, but I don't blame Peyton uh, McNabb for being a little bit hot about it. I mean, you sign up to play, you think you're playing against girls. 
I'm not going to lie to you. If I signed up to play high school basketball and we were going to go play uh, Gary Roosevelt and they had a bunch of girls on their team, I'd be like, what are we doing? Uh, you know, it, it, look at this. Ba- look at that. Boom. Right in the face. I know, Jacob, I saw the video. Feel bad for the girls. Same time spike happens hundreds of millions of times into the game. Yeah, I get it. But it shouldn't happen from a guy. Uh, maybe that's just me. It shouldn't happen from a guy. This next one, I don't know where I stand on this, and I'd be curious where you guys stand on this. Dabo Sweeney is no longer the man. Like, it goes fast. I try to tell you this all the time. It goes fast. So Dabo Sweeney, all right, they're not in a national championship hunt last year. They get beat by South Carolina in a game where really South Carolina pretty much dominated them. And, of course, that's a big rival because Clemson, for those of you that don't know, is in South Carolina. So Dabo Sweeney is like most of us, that coach. You get off to a good start, you do your thing, and the next thing you know, you have a little bit of a setback, and you're trying, you're trying, you're trying to get this thing going. Well, Sweeney said this. He said, former walk-ons are in jeopardy of losing their scholarships as the program has surpassed the 85 scholarship limit. Now, Let me give you some personal perspective on this. When my son went to Michigan, there was no guarantee of a scholarship. He went as a walk-on. Senior year, and it's a very famous video. It's been seen by millions of people. I guess I should have shown it here, but what are you going to do? John Beeline, the head coach at Michigan, gave Andrew a scholarship. He did it a real clever way. He had cops come in, and they surprised him. It was a big deal. Today's show showed All these people showed it. Okay. Well, the next year, Andrew was not going to be on that scholarship. Now, there's only 13 men's basketball scholarship. Currently, Clemson has 88 scholarship players with only 85 scholarships. So where are you going to get the three scholarships? Well, I got to tell you. I got to tell you. The walk-ons that got one last year aren't going to get one this year. And I'm not mad at it. I think people are mad at it. I am not mad at it. Seven seniors came back. We do a good job in maintaining our roster, but that put us over. Uh, They all know. We tell them up front. We cannot guarantee you this scholarship next year, but hopefully we will be able to keep you on. It is what it is. Such is the life of a walk-on. That's exactly right. I was so grateful that my son got a semester that I took the bill. True story. I got the call from my son. He said, Dad, I can't talk, but I want to tell you, Coach put me on scholarship for the second semester. As I was talking to him on the phone, I'd gotten out of my car, walked in the kitchen, and I was headed to my office to check emails. First email I saw was the bill, $26,822. $26,822, I think it was. Could be wrong on the $822, but that's what it sticks in my mind. I printed the bill off. Andrew hung up. I went in my backyard and I peed on the bill. That's right. I did. I'm like, hey, I just saved myself $26,000 freaking dollars. Now, fortunate that in my life, my ESPN job hit and enabled me to pay. I'm sorry if that offends you. What can I tell you? But I was able to pay it because of an ESPN job and my radio job. 
and I don't have any credit card bills. I have no bills other than my mortgage. I don't have bills. I pay cash. But anyway, having said that, the life of the walk-on was going to be the next year Andrew was not going to get that same scholarship. And I understood that. So without a scholarship, he could have walked on, I suppose, but he went to Michigan, got a scholarship. I get what Dabo Sweeney has done. I do. And he's not wrong for doing it this way. A lot of people are mad at Dabo Sweeney. A lot of people are calling Dabo Sweeney a fraud because he talks about religion. He's doing it. No, no. It is an honor for a football, basketball, whatever player to get a scholarship for even a semester. Period. That's it. That's all. It's an honor. And if you get it for five minutes, great. If you get it for a year, great. If you get it for a semester, a quarter, great. Don't punish. There is a saying in the Dockage family. No good deed goes unpunished. And that's what this is. Dabo Sweeney did a great deed. And now he's being punished, being called names and whatever. Because by doing a great deed and now having to adjust, no good deed goes unpunished. It should be the Dabo Sweeney story, 2023. No good deed goes unpunished. I'm not mad at Dabo Sweeney. I'm not mad at him even a little bit. All right, let's get some videos ready as we end this week's show. We're going to go back to the NBA last night. Uh, Dylan and Ryan, I think my favorite video, after Joel Embiid kicks this guy Claxton and is able to stay in the game with only a flagrant foul, Embiid, the star of the Philadelphia 76ers, was asked about it. Here is Embiid's response. Embiid said, if you can't hear the audio, I'm sure you can, he doesn't remember. I don't remember. Let's hear from Joel Embiid. You were going to get thrown out of the game at that point? Um, I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, you know, we, like I said, we got free go. Uh, uh, it takes me a lot to process the game after, you know, that type of fight. So uh, I got to go watch the tape, uh, see what we can do better, what I can do better. And, um, you know, I'm just happy we got the win. Was it, was it so I, I just don't remember. I just started kicking a guy. When he was on top of me, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. I just kicked him, and now I've forgotten all about it. Oh, okay. Yesterday, a little bit of this happened when James Harden was driving the basketball. James Harden uh, put his elbow in the packy of Royce O'Neal, who's a really good defender for the Brooklyn Nets. O'Neal probably gave it some bit of a flop. It looked like, at least to me, that O'Neal got hit in the packy. Now, we said earlier, when you get hit in the packy, it doesn't take a whole lot, ladies and gentlemen, to drop a good man when he gets hit in the packy. So here is what James Harden said about him hitting guys in the packy. Unacceptable flagrant, too. Like, the first time I was ejected, I'm not labeled as a dirty player. And I mean, I didn't hit him in a private area, um, or somebody draped on you like that defensively. It's just a natural bas- basketball reaction. And I didn't, hit, I, I didn't hit him enough, hard enough for him to fall down like that. But for a flagrant two, it's unacceptable. Like, this is a playoff game. You've seen it around the league, things that are much more 
worse than what, what that play was. Honestly, I don't even think it was a foul. But um, yeah, that's unacceptable. That, that can't happen. Did you get an explanation? I didn't get an explanation, but that, that's unacceptable. Did you even? Did you even? Well, he's right and he's wrong. I mean, yeah, it probably is unacceptable. But you know what? If I were a ref and I saw it and I reviewed it, I would have called it and I would have ejected him. Back to the Embiid story. So Jacques Vaughn has been in the NBA for a long time. Currently, Jacques Vaughn is the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, and he's doing a terrific job. He's one of my favorite kids that I've ever recruited. Jacques Vaughn commented on it as well. Again, now you got to remember, he's the coach of the Brooklyn Nets commenting on Joel Embiid. Here's what Jacques Vaughn, the coach of the Nets, had to say. Jacques, going off that first tech, what did you make of how that all ended with Nick getting the tech and Embiid staying in the game? I don't think I've ever seen that in my career before, Alex, for a guy to uh, intentionally kick someone uh, in an area that none of us want to be kicked at or towards and uh, uh, for him to continue to play. I've never seen that before Um, in a game and a guy continues to be able to play. Intentional. Yeah, he's not wrong when you really think about what he said right there. I've never seen where a guy kicks at another guy in a game and is able to play. I don't really know the history of kicking in the NBA. I honestly don't. But it seems like it's of epidemic proportion. I've seen the nut tap. I've seen the shot across the nuts. I've seen these nuts been attacked. Hell, you can go to Chris Paul back in college, and Chris Paul was doing that. See, I think anybody that goes to the packy, should absolutely be kicked out of the game. I think anybody that goes to the pack, he should be suspended. Now, look, I'm not really big suspend guy, although it seems like I am these last two days. But when you go to the packy, I've said this forever. Football, you got a bucket on your helmet. You got pads. You got all this stuff. Basketball, let's be honest, you're playing in your underwear. You're playing in a wife beater, some shorts, and socks. That's it. And when you're in a defensive stance, you kind of lead with your face. Your hands are here. They're above your elbows. You're ready to play. Your face is in there. You can do whatever you want to a guy. You know, we've seen guys swing the ball and then act like they didn't. We've seen all kinds of crap. But I always thought the package was off limits. Hey, I'm not above flicking a guy in the package. I'm not above. I did it in a bar the other day to a guy, a friend of mine. I saw him. He was standing there. I gave him a little tap. And next thing you know, he was hurt. That was actually a restaurant, but he was at the bar. So the question remains, what is enough? And this is on the YouTube chat. What's enough to take a guy out? A slight graze, a sack tap, a kick to the groin, or testicles ground to a splintery paste? I would say all. But to take a guy down, 24% of you, oh, wait, it's better now. 31% of you said slight graze. Sack tap at 32%. The kick, 31%. And ground to a splintery paste. Because let's be honest, when's the last time anything got ground to a splintery paste? I don't think that happens very often. And if it does then, oh, my God, I feel bad for the person that got ground. But all of them can take you down, and all of them should lead to an ejection. 
That's just the way I look at it. Doesn't mean it's the way you should look at it. All right. We don't have Haley. She's on vacation sunning herself in St. Bart's because that's what the elite, that's what the bourgeoisie of Nashville do. They sun themselves off the coast, the Malfi coast. But we do, ladies and gentlemen, because it's what we do. We do have Woke-a-Dope. What do we got here? Who's Woken and who's Doping here? Oh my God. What are we doing? What will we do without BuzzFeed? I don't know if you saw this, but do you guys know what BuzzFeed is? BuzzFeed is a news organization. And BuzzFeed's CEO just shut the entire place down. They did. They just shut it down. They shut it down. They said, we're closing the doors, and this is why. 37 things white people need to stop ruining in 2018 America. I got to tell you, I'm going to stand up for white people. I know whenever you stand up for white people, you're immediately dubbed as somebody for the Klan. White people have done a pretty damn good job with this country. So have black people. I mean, before we started being complete idiots and doing things like this, this country in pretty good shape. I mean, you think back to the Trump era, you didn't like it because he was grabbing them by the you-know-whats. But the truth of the matter is the dude, the white dude, did a pretty damn good job. You know what I'm saying? I mean, a nice job. A very nice job. So get off white people's ass. 20 reasons white people can't be trusted. Well, shut up. And all these writers, I am glad. How privileged are you? We're all privileged to live in the great state of Indiana, to live in a great country like the United States. White people, read this before you text your black friends. Hey, BuzzFeed, go away. Hey, BuzzFeed, kiss my backside. Hey, white people, I'm tired of the attack on white people. White people are fine. Like every other group. There's some problems. There's some problems with black people, Hispanic people, Asian people. Just stop. Quit acting like white people are awful. White people have fought wars, set up governments. White people have made others billions, not millions, billions of dollars. White people have been just fine. Thank you. And good for you, BuzzFeed. Get your ass out of here. Go cry. Go home. Go drink some soy milk. Go trim your beard. Go talk about how fat is beautiful. But I'm glad you're gone when you spew crap like that. Black people are great. White people are great. Asian people are great. Hispanic people are great. Shut up with this crap. Go woke, go broke. What else we got? Yeah, I like this. Uh, The House has voted in favor for protecting women's sports, ban transgender athletes and girls' sports. Zero Democrats voted for it, which tells you that's absolutely their agenda. And I'll never understand this. Based on that right there, Based on that, I would never vote for a Democrat for any position based on that. Now, there's other things to base your voting on. Don't get me wrong. But based on that, were I a woman, I would not vote for a single Democrat. Now, if somebody wants to hit me up and somebody wants to say, hey, Dan, there's all kind of pork in this bill that Democrats did not vote for, I would be down with that. I would be 1 billion percent down with that. Transgender athletes in girls' sports 
bill, not one Democrat voted. And if you could tell me, well, you know, they're funding the Michelle Obama hiking trail, like the uh, whatever that bill was about bringing back the economy. They're going to charge the American people a million dollars for Michelle Obama's fat ass to go out there and have a hiking trail around Chicago. Well, look at her arm. She's great. Stop it. If Michelle Obama had any class, she would have seen that and taken that out of the bill. Look, I don't want that in my bill. But that's not who the Obamas are. They're full of crap. But if there's pork in this, then take it out. Then don't vote for it. But if it's just simply a banning transgender bill protecting women's sports and you don't vote for it, you suck. I don't give a damn if you're a Republican or Democrat. You suck. Period. And if you're going to tell me, well, the Republicans' agenda then must be to protect women's sports, I'd say, well, that's great. And if you're going to tell me, well, the Republican bill must be to hate transgender, I'd say you're out of your freaking mind. I don't see the word hate in there. I simply say protect women's sports. And that's what they do. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Seems to me. Pretty reasonable. All right, here's what I want you to do. All you guys, all you gals, um, have a great weekend, Jennifer. Uh, Send me your twerking videos if you would like. Uh, If you would like, put them on Twitter. Send them to our YouTube chat. uh, Put them wherever you would like. I want to see you, too, twerk. I want to see you twerk better than what I twerked today because I got to tell you, I'm going to start twerking. I am. You're going to see me twerking. I liked it. I think it's a good workout. My back felt better after I went on the twerk. It's a crappy day here in Indy. It's raining like crazy. I'm headed to Princeton for a monster weekend between the Princeton Tigers. Are they allowed to be Tigers? I don't know. And the Harvard Crimp. But I would love, love, love to see your all's video of you all on the twerk. Because I think you're all making fun of me. But I want to see if you can do better. At Dan Dockage, at don't at me on Twitter. Just saying. All right, a couple other things. I don't know if you saw this, but just when I started bragging about the Cubs, they give up a grand slam home run in the ninth and they lose to the Dodgers. Just when I said the Cubs are really good, just when I said, I'm believing in the Cubs. See, I got to shut up. I just got to shut up about the Cubs. Don't jinx it, as the uh, owner of Richmond said to the uh, guy who runs Richmond. Don't jinx it. Don't do it. And I also did not get into this, and I need to. Did you see that Max Scherzer got suspended? Got suspended for... 10 games. He says it's for it, he says it's for rosin and it's for sweat. Major League Baseball is saying, I gotta tell you, I haven't seen a sticky hand like this in two years. They said his his hand clearly, clearly had something else. His glove was sticky. They're saying too much rosin. They ordered him to change gloves. They ordered him to wash his hands all that kind of stuff, all right, he got ejected, next thing you know, he's got 10 days, 
Scott Boris is involved, and he says, hey, I don't understand what's too sticky. There are no units of stickiness to quantify. Scherzer was going to. No, you're not. Who's your daddy? I know, Brad Buffington, and I ain't mad at you. But I got to tell you, if you're going to be out there and you're going to do what Scherzer did and you believe it was just rousing his sweat, then go ahead and appeal. He said he's not going to appeal because, well, it's going to go in front of Major League Baseball. It's going to go in Major League Baseball, and he's not going to get a fair shake. Look, all I'm telling you is this. All I'm telling you is if you feel that strongly, then go ahead. Take a swing. If you know you cheated, shut up. Don't cheat anymore. Take your 10 days. Dan, didn't someone try to headbutt you? Yes. Vernon Maxwell, Mad Max of NBA fame. I dropped 23 on him when I was playing at Indiana against Florida. And Mad Max decided he was a freshman, I was a senior, that he was going to headbutt me. And I remember saying, you can do a lot of things to me, but don't headbutt me. This head is granite. And Norm Sloan, the coach, lost her mind. Uh, Good advice from Jennifer, bottom right. Sean, before you send your twerking video, you may want your girlfriend to approve it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the whole Iraq and Iran, yeah. Yeah, Iraq and Iran used to be a very popular thing. Here's the deal. I got to thank everybody that's on our YouTube chat. Man, you guys show up. You have made us the fastest growing show on YouTube. And I thank you. Every day you guys show and every day it is most, most, most appreciated. I don't know what happened on Twitter today, but all of a sudden we got 4,000 people watching. That's a record. So we'll have to check the numbers on that. And I'm very, very happy on that. But I got to thank you all for showing up every single day here. I hope you have fun. I hope you enjoy the show. I hope you enjoy our guests. I think our guests today were absolutely fantastic. My new favorite team is Air Force Baseball. Yeah, don't look that up. Don't look that up. That's just me saying that. Not Ixnay, Ixnay, Ixnay. If you get a chance and you want to watch some good softball this weekend, it is Princeton against Harvard. It is on your ESPN Plus, I think. We should make uh, Harvard softball the official softball team of OutKick and play their games exclusively here. But hey, look, I digress. Season's coming to a close. Have a great weekend, everybody.